Hey, you're watching Half and Half. Let's get into this episode. Well, hey, good morning. Um, I didn't say it at the beginning, but if you don't know, my name is Matthew, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I said good morning, even though, of course, it's a podcast. can watch it any time, but I'm here having, filming this in the morning. I'm having my coffee, as usual. So, good morning, good day to you. One of the most stressful things about this podcast in general is honestly, it's not that stressful anymore. It used to be back in the day when I had to um, not only manage the podcast, I had to manage people, people as well, but it's all good now. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. But um, the, well, the anyways, the, the one of the most stressful things is like, uh, you know, the photos that I have as the uh, what do you call it the thumbnail or yeah thumbnail photos or the photos I use for real it's there's only so much I can times I can pose and not feel uncomfortable I guess because it feels weird like I'm just sitting down and by myself no one's taking a photo of me I don't really like it feels weird doing that uh, there's some background noise right now Give me a second. Sorry about that. Yeah, so uh, there might be some background noise right now because the dryer is on and something else is going on. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So I was using Adobe um, Creative Cloud for work, but I don't use Adobe Creative Cloud at home. I use a different program for editing videos. And there's I like pros and cons of each program, especially the one I use now. I'm just used to it in general. And it just seems very, I don't know, it's very easy. So I saw an article on here that is really relatable. Uh, small town in Quebec is worn out from playing host to countless Canadians trying to learn French. Well, that's me. I'm not there though, but I wonder if that's the town that I was there. But like, come on. Twelve Pistol. Okay, I'm reading this article later on my own, on my own time. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I don't know, I just don't like taking doing those photos and then I feel weird doing that and just taking photos in general I feel if it's not like if I'm not taking a photo of my girlfriend beside me I already feel uncomfortable posing I already feel like pretentious I like what's so special that I should be in a photo you, you want to look at me like I don't know that seems weird or not but it's the way I feel <clears throat> it's all good one second again okay so again for that quick cut how to go check on something but here we are um, so yeah, like the and one of my favorite things to do nowadays is uh, creep on my neighbors, spy on my neighbors, uh, crossing the uh, neighboring apartment. Not not literally, of course, because I'm only a creep sometimes off camera. So it was funny. Um, that was I think I was you know taking a break from work or something. I was working from home, and I was just grabbing a glass of water and then. I like to look out the window from my patio and stuff and I noticed there was a couple fighting. It was crazy. Um, yeah, like, I, I can't tell what they're doing at first, but then they were... One second. Okay, sorry. I thought I was getting called, but I wasn't. No, it's was funny, yeah, because like, they're being really animated, right? And um, 
I don't know if you guys can hear that background noise, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, so, um, that was hilarious. So they reanimated, the, and the guy, like, goes back in the patio to, to the patio door, closed the patio door, and then she couldn't open it, and she was, like, banging on the patio door, and she's walking back and forth, looking stressed, sits down on the chair, leans over with her hands, on, um, arms on her, on her knees, like, head down, you know, all slouching. It's pretty funny just how like that kind of thing was going on so bit visually and then contrasting that um, two steps above on the the, uh, the other patio is, some, is a contrasting um, scene where the girl was just having a good time playing with her dog. So yeah, it's very contrasting. It was funny. Probably not that funny on the podcast, but it was funny to me and I wanted to share that. The other day, um, I had to, uh, and I have to, oh yeah, they asked if I could, and it was kind of, you know when you're at work, they ask if you can, it's kind of not really like a option, it's kind of something they just tell you, you gotta do, which is fine. Um, I was covering reception, so not, not my job, the lady's job, no, I'm joking, but, uh, yeah, I was covering reception, and it was fine, you know, it was only for two hours. And the lady, I, was, I asked the lady, like, oh, so I've never done a reception in general over there, right? Um, so I, I asked them, um, so just how do things roll around here, you know? What, what do I do? What is. Sorry, I was looking at like something my camera was showing. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, there's like a notification on my camera. Anyways. I like this glass, it's my Guinness glass. It's a pint. I love Guinness. Okay, another cut. So that notification on my screen was running out of memory. I still had like a bunch of episodes still saved on the SIM card and I deleted them because I was being lazy. And I don't know, I thought, I thought there was like one episode on this the SIM card still. Um, and then this one, so I'm like, there should be more than enough space to cover it. But obviously I was wrong. So the notification did look more like, uh, what do you call it? It did look more like a SIM card and something, something, and looked like it was empty. But, you know, whoopsie. But where, I don't even know where was that. What the fuck was that talking about? Oh yeah, reception, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I don't cover reception often, so I, I was... Um, checking them on that and sorry. <clears throat> I got my mind distracted because I was thinking about I changed so the recording on my time my time of this episode is now starting from the beginning again obviously there was I filmed a bunch of minutes already so I'm trying to think of like how much did I film last time I don't remember so this episode might be shorter or longer than usual there you go, if you care about that. Anyhow, yeah, so um, I was there for a good couple hours, reception, doing, being really bored, and they, the lady said after like kind of giving me a rundown of how things work around there, I, um, she said, yeah, so is, if there's anybody be part of your team here, the communications team, that could cover you if you never need to step out for a little bit, and I was like, oh no, and she's like, oh, okay, well, you can scrap someone, right? 
And this is the reception on a day where like not much people are in office because a lot of people work from home on that day or whatever. So the last like 45 minutes or so, I had to go to the washroom real bad. Oh my god, and I didn't know who to grab. I don't know who's in office. And then I don't want to search the office because I don't want to leave the fucking... I don't know who's in the office so I can't message them, right? And I, and I don't know... Um, sorry, my mind's blanking now. I'm just really thrown off. Yeah, so I can want to like leave the search office who's here because I don't want to leave the, the front desk um, like empty for too long. So I was holding it and honestly, I haven't had a hold in the washroom for such a, so badly for such a long time for in ages. I haven't felt this feeling in ages. It's like, oh my god, it's all my strength. And uh, that was a very stressful time. Oh, the Brighton game's about to start. Brighton versus Newcastle. I was gonna watch that. So it's gotta finish this episode and watch that. Anyways, um, yeah. So it was, it was a really hard time. Eventually, you know, I pulled through, locked up, sprinted to the washroom. Yeah, I was so bored, I couldn't even sit down at a point. I was just standing up walking around. Um, so I was like, you know what, like, nothing to do here. Might as well, like, you know, double check. So, like, I was, I'm, I'm in this process of looking for some jeans to buy. So I, was, I couldn't even sit down and look at jeans. That's how bad it was. I eventually did, because I ended up gaining the strength, but... Yeah, it was rough, and then... I think, like, the week after, whenever I was in next, or something like that. Um, the admin team got me some chocolate that was certified B and say percent cacao or whatever that's good dark chocolate as a thank you for coming reception and and I felt like it was worth it it was good chocolate finished it really quick so shout out to the admin team it's nice working with you <laughs> um and there um I was doing photography the I don't know if I told the story right now do you guys I feel like I haven't but I'll tell it again it's not even a great story. Not even a funny story anymore. I, don't I haven't been doing, experiencing a lot of funny things nowadays. It's a lot of just content, casual stories. Other than the one like I don't have funny stories that much anymore. I have more of angry stories. If I someone doesn't respect the fucking cube, man. Anyhow, um, the yeah, I had an issue. I was doing photography the other day. Um. Like on those sides, so I just I have prescription my prescription sunglasses on, right? Going around, taking photos, you know, side looking good. Change the focus on the camera, ba 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 ba. And uh, they're just taking the photos of one group that's under a ten, so then there's a different shading. So I took my glasses off, and I'll do it literally here. Just want to see me with my glasses on. Oh, I feel I feel weird. I feel naked. Um, and then I was getting ready. Camera sounds, just camera sounds. Now we're being racist. Uh, camera sounds. And uh, I couldn't even get the fucking thing to focus. It was, felt like forever, but I thought, like, you know, just because I didn't have my sunglasses on, so I put it back on and then I could focus again. But yeah, it's so weird. I thought, like, I could, yeah. I don't even know why I told the story. It wasn't that fucking funny. But, you know, let's move on to something that's a little bit more uh, interesting. So, yeah, let's get into the news. Yeah, let's get into the news. As you guys all come here to see. 
So, uh, back to school happening. I go, I go back to school in the fall. Full-time student, unemployed. So, and what's your employment status, student? That's me now, excited. Let's finish this coffee. Oh. Okay, let's have some water from Guinness. All right. Oh, I love that Guinness glass. Anyways, back to school means back to the basics this fall, as Canadians come up against high prices. At a school in Moncton, New Brunswick, the doors to the gymnasium open at 9am sharp on August 19th inside. Students, parents, and community members are greeted, were greeted by a spread of second-hand clothes, backpacks, shoes, books, and boots. Music played over the speaker. Kids are high in spirits. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um... So the next line was Queen Elizabeth Secondary Queen Elizabeth School. I, you guys are familiar with me? I'm familiar with a school called Queen Elizabeth Secondary School. This is this Queen Elizabeth School. Queen Elizabeth School was hosting its first ever back to school shop, an initiative spearheaded by Vice Principal Kyle Bishop, the owner of a local cons. I can't speak this English word. Consonant consonant store. Nah. Uh, a nearby Riverview, New Brunswick called Ready Set Grow. The vice principal has a store on the side. Fucking weird. The shop gave families a, a chance to choose from donated items ahead of the first day of school without paying a cent. That's sweet. Our parents do, our parents do the best that they can with the reality of what they have. Bishop said, adding that school has a large newcomer population, and so when this opportunity came up, I just thought of our families that could benefit immensely. As inflation continues to put pressure on the cost of just about everything, from foods. To school, from food to clothes to school supplies, Canadians across the country are preparing for back-to-school season by turning to second-hand options as a way to save money. That's putting a strain on community organizations that are trying to meet demand that is outpacing donations. Like one Calgarian organization found, let's have some water for that one. Let's sneeze too, shit. One Calgary organization said that the demand for backpacks jumped by 76% this year, while the founder of a charity that operates across Newfoundland and Labrador said more than 260 people have registered and 200 more are on the waiting list for organization's back-to-school necessities program. Sad that a lot of people are struggling to get basic necessities for school education because, you know, like, school is already, like, a lot as a for a kid, right? Like... Yeah, you're growing up, so obviously you're fucking puberty and shit. Then the learning the dynamics of, um, I guess school, friendships, society, um, education. You know, just school and education, same thing, right? But like, I guess the education part of school, and then the school as a whole, as an institution, as a societal networking box. Let's look at me go. But, and then imagine not having the basic necessities. Necessities are just making that a stress. And then it's also just like kind of the stress goes on the kid too. That's a shame, right? I don't care because I had everything I needed. So fuck those guys. But I can imagine, right? <laughs> uh, so let's just get into some brief things here. So I think it's going to be a longer episode because there's a lot of news I got through today, this week. It's a busy week. In the summer of historic wildfires, Canadians have undoubtedly found themselves checking the air quality more than usual. Canadian's Air Quality Health Index, 
AQHI is based on three different pollutants, pollutants, ozone, nitrogen oxide, and particulate matter, PM2.5. All three are found in wildfire smoke, though there are especially high levels of PM2.5. The AHQI yeah, the AQHI is on a scale between 1 and 10 plus, and it's designed to provide... One second. All right, it's a lot of the one uh, cuts this episode. But I'm back. Um, where was I? Uh, so the AQHI is on a scale between 1 and 10 plus, and is designed to provide the public with a sense of risk-involved exposure. The idea is simple. The higher number, the number, the higher of health risks, particularly for seniors, children, and people with pre-existing health conditions such as cardiovascular disease. The, met- the original metric still used in Ontario, Quebec, and Alberta essentially averages the, the risk of three pollutants, but experts say the AQHI doesn't work as effectively in instances where there is a lot of wildfire smoke and not other pollutants, since the average is lower than the risk presented by PM2.5. But what's crazy, as a BC kid, we use an updated method that's better. As you know, as a city, as a as a province that has a lot of wildfire smoke, for better or for worse. But then those pr- provinces haven't adopted the that method that we have here. Um, why? I, I did not. I don't know. Uh, but you can find a CBC article, um, and of course, all news today. As a lazy fucker, but I always encourage diversifying your um, news intake portfolio in terms of getting like uh, multiple, checking out multiple different news sources. Um, So I think CBC is obviously a good one. Uh, Since it's publicly funded, that's important. Um, But there's also other good ones like uh, the Global Mail, um, some other ones. Yeah, diversify, but so CBC does a nice, um, uh, like, little daily, I guess, daily little um, update of in brief, you know? So I like reading those to you guys. It makes my job easier. It makes, makes it nice. But anyways, yeah, um, there's an article on that about how BC has a better, like, uh, air quality index thing. It's updated, and I don't know why, but it might be in that article about why the provinces haven't adopted that. Um, here's something that's very relevant. Uh, well, the air quality thing is relevant too, but let's continue on. Uh, so Canada is widely considered one of the top countries to study in and immigrate to. Uh, it is currently welcoming more than international students than any other point in history, which is not uh, a great thing right now because... Uh, but what's because it's coming becoming I'm I'm like rewording but reading at the same time. Let's just let's just say what I'm basically what I'm saying. So the kind is quickly becoming a diverse country. Oh okay, but um no sorry. Well it is but um so that fact that is elking more international students than ever is quickly becoming a divisive as the country faces challenges related to housing and overall affordability. Experts say that although international students are particularly vulnerable to these problems, um, they're increasingly being blamed for worsening them and could face a cap on entry into Canada as a result. But exactly how did we get here? Um, of course, I think I've probably discussed this a lot. Uh, it's a tough topic because 
um, international students come here, right, and they bring money into our economy and, and, and into the schools, right? So, um, as, as a developed country, if that's the proper term nowadays of Canada, uh, selling education is a big part of uh, economy um, and just the way things are. But then, yeah, it's true, like, like immigration, international students, uh, I'd say about refugee as well. It all, um, things are, I guess, not bad thing necessarily in, 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 in itself, but we have other issues that we need to prioritize that are affecting um, those parts. Everything's connected, I guess, and then having, like, a housing issue just is going to create a lot of hate and tension and not really fun time for a guy that just wants to relax and be content in life. What a downer. <laughs> um... Wow, I'm sorry, I'm just a little thrown off. Uh, faced, let's just move on. Uh, faced with a rising tide of plastic waste, the federal government is pursuing a plan to get supermarkets to, markets to cut down on their use of plastic packaging, a measure that could mean big changes to the shopping experience. Auto announced earlier this month that it's introducing a policy to require Canada's largest supermarket chains to develop and roll out plans to cut their plastic waste footprint. Environment and Climate Change Canada said it's now consulting with the supermarket sector on proposed policy and it hopes implemented by the end of the year. The new, package the new packaging policy could target a wide range of disposable plastic packaging in stores. Uh, condiment bottles, squeezable baby food packets, plastic pet food snacks, clamshell containers, milk bags and shrimp wrap on vegetables and meat, some major groceries claim store, uh, some major yeah. Hi. Some major grocery chains have started moving away from these forms of plastic packaging already by choosing alternatives like glass jars, which can be in turn cleaned and refilled. Um, which is good. Yeah, so um, we all know how the uh, the largest supermarket chains in Canada, even though the smaller ones are just are still kind of big, um, are kind of having our... What is the word I'm trying to think of? They have a lot of power because it's not there is right, and there's not much super small chains that can afford to keep up. And these supermarket chains, we all know, fucking President's Choice, and mostly all the other ones are still getting a lot of money, even though um, people are suffering, you know, raising food prices and what have you. So it's about time they fucking do this too because they can fucking afford it. <laughs> what? Um, Okay, never mind. Yeah, so Ottawa scouting new locations to replace the rundown 24 Sussex research to say the federal government is looking at dropping the dilapidated uh, mansion at 24 Sussex in Ottawa as the Prime Minister's official residence and is considering several other sites in the city for replacement sources say the various federal agencies in charge of the PM's official residence have identified other plots of land where they could build an official residence that is larger, safer, and more accessible than the one that served Prime Ministers from 1951 to 2015. The residence of tw at 24 Sussex is in state of disrepair, and after decades of neglect and gr the grounds are simply too small to meet modern security standards, several sources and experts have told Radio Canada. One of the lots under consideration is in Rockliffe Park, an idyllic spot along the Ottawa River that regularly hosts picnics and weddings, sources say. Said, the park is a secondary parking lot, uh, 
surrounded by the woods in a less frequented area. It's also farther from the road from, and from Ottawa River in, than 21st Sussex. Factors make, which make it a preferred option amongst security experts, the sources say. The government also has evaluated a site near the RCMP Musical Ride Training Center. What the fuck does that mean? Um, to the east of Rockcliffe Park. Sources said the flat terrain there is more visible from the road and the site would require fencing that could, would make it look more like a fortress. Oh, but if, I, wonder, I want to see the, what the fucking plans would look like for that. Other plots of land owned by the federal government are also being studied. The leader of the official opposition's residence at Stoneway Stornoway was even considered at one time, says source. Um, another option being examined is to move the PM's residence permanently to Rideau Cottage on the grounds of Rideau Hall. Prime Minister JT has, <laughs> has been living there in temporary arrangements since 2016. The government insists no final choice has been made. There is no option that has unanimous support, and every option has its pros and cons, said a federal government source. Um, yeah, I hope if, you know, if they do move, because I, I don't want them to knock down the building, because, you know, it's historical buildings, you got to keep those things, they're beautiful. Um, if anything, you know, refurbish it, but then leave it, like, make it like a museum of some sort, you know? Because if it's a security issue, then maybe you should move, you know? It's all good. Make it a museum, I think. I don't know. So, apparently the, uh, COVID-19's going, the weight cases are going. It's good to hear, right? People who live and work near a struggling part of downtown Ottawa say they're running back, uh, running out of options when it comes to dealing with the fentanyl crisis that has ravaged several blocks of the community. So many drug users sit or lie down on the Murray Street sidewalk that community workers have nicknamed the area the beach. I think I know what area this is. <laughs> Louis uh, Baudon, the nurse in charge of the supervised injection site located at the Shepherds of Good Hope, uh, one of the three nearby shelters said her employees responded to several over, seven overdoses in a, a recent eight-hour shift. What the fuck? Now they said that they're dealing with the surge of violence too. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, sorry. London, England. A global pioneer in, price, in pricing schemes aimed at reducing traffic and automobile emissions is taking another big leap forward today with the dramatic expansion of its pollution charge zone. But the latest change has ignited surprisingly fierce resistance, evoking not just protests but also mass acts, mass acts of vandalism, the type of intense rhetoric associated with populist campaigns against COVID-19 restrictions. Jesus. Of course. Of course. London please say that uh, say they're braced for a new round of physical attacks on the monitoring cameras and other infrastructure needed to enforce the new scheme. The ULEZ or Ultra Low Emission Zone will expand far beyond the city centre and include 32 local boroughs capturing those 9 million in greater London residents. Anyone with a high polluting car, typically an old diesel belting vehicle, will now have to pay 12 pounds and 50 pence, I think? Almost $20 Canadian a day to drive th in through the zone. Yeah, fuck yeah. P fucking, yeah. Charge those fuckers, man. You can, you know, like, my view is like, you can have the fucking big fucking gas guzzling machines if you want. Oh, uh, well, like, in my dream scenario, I don't think you shouldn't, but, you know, then you gotta pay the price, man. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going over time. I apologize if you like the quick, concise bite. I bet you guys don't watch this far. Or listen this far. But if you do, thank you. I appreciate it. It's not, you know, it's nice.
Hope you're having a good time, right? I'm having an okay time. Also, yeah, that's what I read earlier. So NDP looks to take advantage of liberals pulling slump by pushing for policy wins. Knowing that liberals have little appetite for an election over the coming year, the NDP is looking to push the federal government for more policy concessions. Party sources tell Radio Canada. The liberals do not want to go to an election, and it shows, a new Democrat source says. With PM Trudeau uh, team now facing a drop in the polls, NDP is trying to assert itself. We have levers, sources said. In 2022, the NDP gra- uh, agreed to support the minority liberal government in the House of Commons and start off an election until 2025, though a confidence and supply agreement through a confidence and supply agreement. In exchange, liberals have agreed to move on certain prepared, shared priorities, such as national dental program for low-income Canadians. But behind the scenes, Jake Singh's party is now trying to secure additional concessions, including housing and cost of living commitments. In exchange, the NDP's continued support for, for sorry, in exchange for their continuing support, this account is based on two senior NDP sources who are aware of negotiations, along with a liberal source familiar with the party's thinking about timing of the next election. The next election. Party sources say the NDP wants the government to announce it's renewing the GST credit for vulnerable Canadians this fall in its fall economic statement. The two parties are also discussing measures to speed up construction of affordable housing. When asked, the PM's office did not deny the new, new Democrats are pushing for more concessions. A PMO spokesperson said the government is in regular contact with the NDP. You know, that's cool. You know, um, I think that... They should, you know. I like a lot of the things NDP wants, and as a liberal as well, I do like a lot of the liberal things as well, so it's all good. Oh, health officials in BC say they have detected the first known case of the BA286 COVID 19 virus variant. Oh, okay. good, good, good to know. Ariane Lalonde pays more than uh, $1,200 a month for a studio apartment. She's converted to a two bedroom in Montreal, and she's had enough. We're all paying way too much. So, Lalonde, who feels that she should be paying at most 800 or 900 for the space she's renting. Uh, my generation, we won't be able to have a house. Amen. Uh, she said that I never thought I would not be able to when I was young. I took that for granted. It's insane. Average rents for new leases in Montreal are almost 2000 Now Tenants Union is organizing rent strike as emergency response. Yeah, you know, me as a kid growing up, I used to be like, okay... I'm cool with, you know, standard 9 to 5 job, simple life, go home, uh, not go to an apartment, um, and what have you, but, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem likely, man, it's just depressing, oh, what the fuck, and what could be the most powerful fast fashion alliance yet, Chinese e-commerce juggernaut Shen, Shen, I don't know, has struck a deal with Forever 21, the agreement will allow the popular online fashion retail to sell Forever 21 clothing, accessories, beauty products on a site. In return, the Shine would soon operate distinct real estate spaces within 24 of 21 stores. While Shine has experimented with pop-up stores, including one in Montreal last month, it has no brick-and-mortar stores in North America. The move has come as a surprise to some, given that two companies are seen as each other's biggest rivals. Oh. <laughs> the RSMP is on the cusp of a major shift on how it recruits officers into federal policing, a move that can allow some Mounties to skip the drain depot in Regina and the usual tour of duty in frontline spacing. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, the cost of streaming is all going up, so I think I'm going to start like just not having all of them at once and just 
this quarter I'll have these two maybe, or like this quarter I'll have these two some shit. Gotta get calendar going, right? Get calendar going, then I'll have some. Yeah, we're definitely going over time. So yeah, let's let's wrap it up here. Vancouver. Oh, this is, this is a good one. Let's go. Okay, Vancouver's architecture by design was never meant to handle extreme heat. Two summers ago, as Dennis Laplante um, baked beneath the skylights of his Vancouver home during a lethal heat wave, he decided the day has come to use emergency space blankets he's been saving for 20 years. He dug out two of the crinkly silver blankets out of his basement and hauled them up the three-meter ladder to reach the windows. Using some certain rods, using curtain rods, he rigged the material against the skylights to block the sun from getting into his 1980s townhouse. It was quite cheap and it worked quite well. Uh, said Le, Le Plante, now 70, who has lived in his neighborhood for nearly half his life. And this goes a little bit longer, but yeah. Shame. So back to the whole PM house. Um, apparently a group of heritage mine and construction industry figures had come forward with a plan to restore the dilapidate. De, de Dilapidated residence, which is good. Um, I like, I like the kind of how the non the historic uh, historic auto development inc, H O D I, or I like to say Hodi, um, a non-profit organization that includes noted architects, conservationists, and project managers. A track record of saving heritage properties from demolition. Yeah, good for them. All right, we gotta wrap this up now. So this is gonna be a long episode. I apologize, but I didn't. I was gonna read. I was gonna double check the news that I have here and. Just, um, condense it down a little bit, um, focus on what I really want to read through, but then look through and talk about, break it down, but then I just didn't, uh, have the time this morning, well, I have the time, I still want to make the time, as usual, um, so, yeah, next time I'll maybe, I might work on it a little bit better, just condense down, we're a little bit better, so we're a little bit better on time, but, because I was just doing that while I was filming here, so, sorry about the laziness. I'll try not to do it next time, but we gotta wrap this up. It was good to see you all. Good, uh, good chat. It's nice looking at a camera once in a while. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. See you later. Thanks for watching. Bye.